Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews. I am your host. It's your girl, Shanice, coming back at you with another podcast. We are on episode 263, and today's topic is another segment, actually, of our Has It Aged Well from the 90s. And I picked another episode from New York Undercover because I have been on a New York Undercover binge ever since I recapped the first episode. I've just been binge watching it and I've just been realizing that this was so much ahead of its time. And it was actually just the 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 opening for the urban genre. It was just so authentic and so realistic. So I decided to actually recap um, not only one episode, but three in this ep- um, this pod. I'm going to do the storyline between the Ice-T character um, when he was beefing with JC. So I hope you guys are ready for this recap. Don't forget you can catch all of the reruns. They're on Amazon Prime and I believe Peacock as well. And then I want to play some clips from the... Um, the um, unsung on the TV show New York Undercover as well. I had uh, watched that again and just reliving the 90s, the nostalgia of it. So um, just continuing to add on to that. This has an age well segment that I'm enjoying doing so much. And the Power Book 4 Force returns this weekend. So I will be getting that recap out by Sunday. Um, I can't wait to see what they bring to the table. And see what Tommy has going on. So um, definitely got episodes dropping this weekend. Really quick, if you need to get in touch with me, my Facebook is Alicia Shanice. Instagram, Alicia Shanice Reviews. Email Alicia Shanice Reviews 13 at gmail.com. You can inbox, DM, or email me if you have any special recap requests. With that being a TV show, a documentary, a movie, music album, or if you need me to shout out any of your businesses or brands or music or anything that you're working on free of charge, I love whom loves me and love to spread love back Brooklyn way. So all you got to do is hit me up. I'll get your recap request out or shout out anything you're working on. And if you just want to hit me up to say what's up, that's cool too. If you listen to the podcast on Spotify, please hit that follow button. It helps your girl out in more ways than you know. And while you're on Spotify, check out my music playlist that I made. All you have to do is type in Shanice Loves and one of the playlists will populate. Click on a picture profile, which takes you to the rest. And I have every genre because your girl got some long range music ears. So let's get into the show and let's talk some New York Undercover. Hey y'all, it's your girl Shanice and I'm just coming in to check in with y'all to remind y'all to protect y'all energy as I always say. Life is at, you know, we have very different stresses at all time high. Why not go ahead and take you guys a nice vacation at a reasonable price with a trusted travel agent, you know? And that could be a solo trip, a trip with your boo thing, a family trip, a girl's trip, a guy's trip, whatever. Just let me let y'all know this right now. Visit T Booked It, T B 
B-O-O-K-E-D-I-T. Follow them on Instagram, on Instagram, or you can send them an email at tbbookedit at gmail.com. The world is a beautiful place. Let them go ahead and help you discover it. Go ahead and release those stress vibes and go ahead and enjoy your vacation. At TB Booked It, they got all the reasonable deals. And just let them know, your girl Shanice, she sent you there. to I'm that 90s girl because we covering that 90s stuff and y'all know how much I love my 90s over here. I love everything 90s down to the fashion, down to the music, down to the television, down to just the era, just down to the 90s was everything. And it's something about that year, 1994, that's when just everything was at its reign. And I just, I love the 90s. I love the 90s. Um, so we are recapping, well, not really recapping it, like scene by scene, like we do over here normally. Um, I'm just kind of seeing like different episodes and seeing how's it aged while checking out the storyline. And ever since I recapped um, New York Undercover episode one, I've been binge watching it. And I just starting to realize like, wow, you know what? This show was ahead of its times. A lot of the topics, a lot of the things that went on just are still going on today. And it just was really ahead of its time. New York Undercover was definitely the blueprint for urban shows. And, you know, it opened up the door, you know. And um, it's just unfortunate that it didn't last that long, that Fox didn't see what they had. And I realized it even more after I went back and rewatched the unsung documentary so i do want to play some clips for that because i thought it was very interesting and also um on today's episode i'm gonna talk about episode season one episode 19 is called uh cat and that's when we are first introduced to ice t's character ice t was the big bad villain on new york undercover and that storyline was one of the best storylines that they had because of what all took place and how it lingered on in season two. 
And I thought that was one of the best storylines, you know, as a continuation that they did have. Um, it started with season one and ended ended with season two as far as that storyline and i thought it was very well done so we're gonna be if you guys just want to watch it on your own season one episode 19 i'll be talking about the season finale uh, episode 26 when it's called Catman comes back and then we're gonna dive into season two um and that is like the middle episode where it's called the finals and um that's when the storyline ends so i can't wait to talk about that but before we get started i hope you guys don't mind i just want to play some clips from the unsung of the show i thought it was very interesting and i thought that you guys would enjoy it as well i'm not going to play the whole thing of course just like little uh parts about it about the show and i also found the next show that we're going to recap um from the 90s of has has it aged well i already got it pulled up so i'll get that out after we recap tommy um show from power because you know everything's gonna be about power this weekend i still need to get the recap out from um, one of my favorite episodes from tommy and the original power and also um the the premiere for season two so uh, after that that's when we'll get back on the uh, has it age well from the 90s and i actually have two episodes i'm gonna pull from the 90s next week um but here is the unsung i hope no ads populate if not i'll try to um push forward past them but um here is a little bit of it i'm just gonna play a few clips and then we'll talk about the show i can't be bought I thought I was looking good to you, huh? I think you're looking for Lenny Packer. You'll find him upstairs, room 203. It was the cop show that broke the mold. New York Undercover was the first urban hip-hop cop one-hour drama ever on television. We were the only show in history that ever made cops of color cool. Sell out. That hurt. How about you? seen two people of color in lead roles in a dramatic series ever. You had this black guy and a Puerto Rican guy. These are heroes. That in and of itself is huge. Where is it? You find any? Looks at things. I say you smoked it all already. It was unapologetic about the music, about the fashion. It was unapologetic about the culture. Tretch was in it, Yo-Yo was in it, Sticky Fingers, Biggie was in it. If our neighborhood is filled with drugs, crime, and violence, what else we gonna rap about? Damn yeah, right people is violent. But ain't cause of hip-hop, you know what I'm saying? You can turn on uh, a New York undercover right now and you'll hear the music and you go, oh, yo, wow, to put hip-hop on a primetime show was groundbreaking. It was just unheard of. For four years in the 1990s, New York Undercover looked at crime and communities with a realism that was stunning for its time. I go, the kids gotta die. Otherwise, why are we doing this episode? We were able to tell stories that nobody else was telling that other people didn't really care about. I'm getting sick and tired of my friends getting shot. There was nothing about it. That was Hollywood in any way. It was like, this is like a movie. What the hell are you going to do with this? Where'd you get this? It was jarringly truthful at times. For millions each week, New York Undercover was must-see television, giving a voice and a vision to viewers who had long been left in the cold. I see myself. I see my family. I see my world. 
Thank you. With the no kids shot in the face for the night, people immediately became addicted and wanted to be a part of something groundbreaking. Ages 30 and up that we had 90%. It changed the way white people watched black people on television and the way black people watched themselves. But success raised the stakes for the hip-hop cop show with Zoll. And for many, the way it all came apart was really a crime. The people in charge didn't respect the culture. I remember the pressure of, we got to get our ratings up. I didn't understand the edict of, we need to have somebody who is white. Okay, so I, I want to skip a little bit in the middle and play the clip of how they, um, the writers decided to portray JC's character and, you know, how they did the whole dynamic between, you know, his baby mom, Chantel, and then his fiance in season one, um, Sandy. So I wanted to play that part as well. Here it is. The search was on for supporting characters to flesh out the complicated personal lives of the leads. The guys I knew all had a kid somewhere. So, JC was going to have a kid. And none of the guys I knew, I'm sorry, they're not with the woman they had the baby with. They always leave homegirl for, for the caramel colored girl. So, let's just put that out there and just deal with that. 11-year-old George Gore II was cast as JC's young son, G. Newcomer Fatima Faloye filled the role of G's mother and JC's ex, Chantel. We really stressed and debated with the executives at Fox about the baby mama. They were scared about it because they were going to catch the backlash. It would have been Andre, it would have been me, it would have been Alonzo, all at the same time going, but that's real. If we're going to do a show and these characters are even going to be half real, that stays. To their credit, they were brave enough to do it because this is what's going on out here in this society. Rounding out the love triangles was JC's girlfriend, Sandy, played by New Jack City alum, Michael Michelle. She was a lawyer and the love interest to JC Williams, but supposed to be very different from him. You know, she was a corporate woman, and Malik was a cop on the streets of New York. Michael Michelle was a beauty from New York who just hit the screen and lit it up. She felt, you know, like a lawyer. She felt, um, Beautiful, but kind of stiff, uh, which is what we needed for the role. I remember putting that initial cast together and sitting there and feeling like we were really doing something that was groundbreaking. We didn't go the cookie cutter route. We started to feel that this show was really going into something that no one else had on television. It really was. It really did go into something that we had never seen before. We had never seen anything like this before. And the big bad villain was Ice-T. And that's who we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, and Andre Harrell, he had so much to do with this. And as, um, especially with the music. And as I've been going back, just watching it, it's just been so nostalgic just after... Um, after every episode at the end, you see um, some of your favorite singers from back in the day performing from the oldies. You got Gerald Levert, you had Shaka Khan, Brandy, we seen Monica, we seen SWV, Escape, um, Biggie was on there. I mean, it just went on and on and on and it just made it great. And at the time, 
that's when Arsenio Hall show had got canceled in the 90s. And that's where all of our black acts used to go to perform. That's all only we all we had back in the 90s was Arsenio Hall. And then that had got canceled. And then we got New York Undercover. So we were still able to get our acts out there. And then you get the, you know, I want to say Flavoring Your Ear premiered on New York Undercover. So New York Undercover is really just the blueprint and was definitely ahead of its time. I'm going to play a little bit more, then we'll get to talking about the episodes. But I thought you guys would enjoy this as well if you love this show. Nikki was in it. We had everybody that was just hot. You don't glorify violence. Yo, put it like this. The government passed the anti-crime bill to put more money in the brothers playing midnight basketball. I'm saying that's cool in the moment. Meanwhile, it's hard as hell to get a grant for college. And Annie talking about cutting off poor people for welfare? Violence was at the forefront of the conversations with hip hop, so we had to deal with it. Once the response and the reaction and the positive vibe and the feedback from the show got out, uh, then people started going, Hey, we want to be on your show, we want to be on your show, we want to be on your show. And hip hop, they were actors. A lot of these guys were turning actors. I was trying to recruit as many of those kinds of players that made sense as possible. The phone rang and it was Andre Burrell. And he's like, come on, man, you should do the show. I said, all right, well, this is the deal. Give me a bad guy role and I'll play it. We run a very exclusive organization. And benefits, cash, lots of cash. Ice T was on fire at the time, that's for sure, especially on the West Coast. You know, he was so strong. Dip into any of my goods while you're cooking. And you'll learn the real meaning of contract terminated. Danny Court was just your evil genius guy, maybe overly educated, but in a criminal way. I mean, he was diabolical and didn't care. Like, he basically smacked up this little kid because the kid was getting into the cat. He was like, oh, you're costing me money. Everybody says, man, you smack this kid. How do you smack the kid? I'm like, they're not hard. You just got to get low on them. Timeless storylines about these fatherless kids growing up to having to raise themselves. 
It's about a child. Yeah, I'm definitely going to recap the man-child episode because that, that one is deep. And then I got so many of them I want to recap. I want to recap the episode, Tasha, because I thought that was very telling just on, you know, the way how we think as a community as well and how so too much, you know, hasn't changed. I want to talk about that. Um, but I, um, the, the Danny Court, he was like the the best villain you can have. And it was portrayed by Ice-T as well. And I just thought that that would be a great storyline to talk about uh, as far as tonight. I'm going to just going to play one more clip about why the, sh the series ended. And um, then we'll proceed with the show. Um, and for my power watchers, as I was going back rewatching it, it has been so long, I didn't realize if you go back to season one and you see um, Eddie's girlfriend, Gina, that's Paz from Power, Angela's sister. I'm like, wow, Paz been around for a long time. You actually see, I actually seen um, Luis from Power. He was one of the um, drug dealers. No, he was a gang member on New York Undercover. And when you go back to watching it, then you go and watch, you know, Powers and everything. You're like, well, damn, that's Luis. They know that's Paz. Like they started back then. It just like, you know what I'm saying? It kind of messes with you a bit because you're like, damn, they really been around for a long time in this acting game. And you just didn't really know who they were. And then when they get on shows like Power and stuff, you know, it's up to date. It's more familiar now. So you're like, dang, and they look so young. But I just thought that was interesting as well. So I'm going to play a little bit of why the show ended. And then I'm going to talk about the storyline of Danny Quirk. It began the recast. We started, like, preparing the scripts as if they weren't coming back. It might have been a bluff. Felt like we could just go and tackle any sort of subject matter. He was left alone. It's almost like they didn't care. It's about the black people. I like, don't do it. But that was about to change. The very success of New York Undercover had raised the stakes for Fox, which was now chasing bigger dreams. We were pulling 12s and 13s and 14s, but I remember the pressure of we got to get our ratings up. I felt like there started to be this turn to make the show more mainstream. I remember being told the show needs a white presence in order to survive. And I remember thinking, you're crazy. After two years, it was clear that Fox's big gamble on a crime series with minority leaders and a hip-hop heart was paying off. But in 1996, as season three was about to start, there was a feeling inside New York Undercover that the show was getting dissed. Although it was number one in black and Latino households, you still never saw a billboard for it. You didn't see a t-shirt. We used to have this sort of joke on set that we were like the little ghetto show that could because we didn't have a lot of money. Down the road was... Dick's other show, and it was his baby, and that was Law & Order, and they had all of the amenities. We shot in Harlem in the 90s, and so there were issues around safety. Some crackhead attacked me, and was going to stab me, because things, things used to get hairy. Malik is an activist. You know, Michael is uh, an actor who, you know, it takes his craft very seriously. They weren't afraid to speak up about it. Yoba and DeLorenzo thought they had the leverage to do more than talk. And so, number one and number two on the call sheet of New York Undercover decided not to show up for work and to hold up production. 
might have cost $75,000, a day. Big weekend, uh, recast. We started, like, preparing the scripts as if they weren't coming back. It might have been a bluff. I don't know. After three days away from the set, New York Undercover's two breakout stars blinked and returned to work. It was never about money. It was about, like, I don't feel safe filming this show. And me coming from a community activist background, I was, you know, I, I forgot the context that I was in. But Malik and Michael weren't the only ones making demands. As shooting began on season three, word spread quickly about a shocking directive from Fox. We came back and were told the show needs a white presence in order to survive. Fox established themselves with black audiences. And then as they grew, they said, we want to expand. Can you make it a little wider? Can you, can you make it not so urban, you know, not quite so ethnic? So that's when they brought in Jonathan Lapaglia. And th th that totally changed the dynamic. And I think in that third season, it became a different animal. Jonathan Lapaglia, an actor with no prior screen credits, came in to play a second-generation Irish-American cop named Tommy McNamara. I think the other cast members were welcoming to the character, but I think in their own way, they felt that it was a diss. Really, like gotta have like the white boy come in and save the day we got your prints off of the gun and the stiff so that's all robbery and homicide that's a double letter my friend this must be a lucky day dick actually tommy was a really smart way to bring in a different demographic hey oh oh we had a lot of irish cops there and i felt like this is normal like this looks like the real deal who's that g it was cool. It was a cool white boy. And it allowed us to maybe do some different storytelling. Don't be going anywhere, tough guy. Clean yourself up. Bringing LaPaglia into the show brought up a whole new set of racial dynamics. But early in season three, real world events snapped New York undercover back to its original mission. Tupac was gunned down in Vegas. And it was Dick Wolf and Steve Smith calling to tell me to write Kill the Noise, and I had three days. Rapper Moss has got this public beef with this other guy, Lowball, you know, this whole ghetto thing. Sorry. You know, who's got the biggest, whatever, the best lyrics, this whole territorial thing. What everybody was freaking out about was that I used portions of the real story. <laughs> Members of the crew were upset because they were fans and they didn't want they didn't want the subject matter to come out and i said i'm not being exploitative but i'm going to use whatever at my disposal to create conflicts between the characters we didn't even read through the script that's how upset everybody was how are you ck And one thing about this script right here, um, the crew really did get to know Tupac, especially the early on uh, crew, like um, far as uh, Malik Yoba, Michael DiLorenzo. Tupac was supposed to portray in season one. And that's when the Quad Studio shooting happened. And 
uh, before they were even scared to even have him have him up there. Remember, Pac was in a lot of trouble. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, New York Undercover, this is a show full of like real thespians, real actors, you know, um, more of a Hollywood, not the, in the gangster, you know, rap. I'm not in the hip hop world, you know, I mean, of course they knew hip hop, but they weren't in that scene. So when you hearing all this stuff, they, they were a little reluctant to work with Pac. Uh, before all of the the incident happened with the quad studios andre and harrell andre harrell and tupac they had they were cool so you know andre harrell told him to come up there you know speak with the crew so when he came up there you know he explained the situations of what was going on he explained his case because that's when he had the, the trial going on and um he became really really cool with them you know so when they wanted to write that storyline, they felt like for number one, it's too soon. And it is a little bit of exploitation going on there. So they were not cool with it. So, and then the, the death of Tupac, that changed the whole game. And they're about to talk about that now of how they proceeded with the show. And if you go past season three, you see after season three, in the middle of the season three, it, it, season three was still really good, but it just wasn't the same as that season one and season two of the authenticity and the hip hop of the culture, you know, of the culture. For hardcore fans, the homage to Pac was a sacred offering, but honoring the music came at a price. When Pac was killed in 96, hip hop was under attack in the media and there was a mandate that was delivered to us from Dick to pull back on, on hip hop and to not even use it for a while. Fox said, kill the hip-hop, kill the rap. This is too much blackness. Four of the writers resigned behind, you know, behind that statement in season three. I think the broadening of the music was more challenging for our audience than the broadening of the cast. It felt diluted when we stopped doing that. But there were still bigger shots in store for the little ghetto show that could. Dick said... The McNamara character never gelled. Get rid of him. And then he said, cliffhanger, Eddie Torres. I was friendly with Michael DiLorenzo. He called me on the phone and said, my driver said that I'm blowing up in a car. Is that true? Season three of New York Undercover ended with a shock. Executive producer Dick Wolf decided to kill Michael DeLorenzo off of the show. That was a big mistake. What he likes to do is have somebody write a scene where whoever he's angry with is dead and the remaining characters are standing over their grave sites having a conversation there was an overall feeling that it was probably as a result of them initially you know, refusing to come back to work. Why would you do that? Why would you kill this? There's no other couple like this on TV. I mean, it was very emotional for me. Your emotions are going a thousand miles an hour. And, but... It was way out of my control by that time. The car was blowing up, and, and I just remember in that moment, like, damn, this little 
fun ride we had for 75 episodes together. It was over. Writing Eddie out of the show was more than payback for being out of line. In 1998, Fox was a major network and home to the Super Bowl. Minority programming was no longer a priority. And that's what it was. After that, Fox never was the same. In the 90s, man, Fox was everything. And it, it was our culture that helped it get to what it was. I mean, even uh, the TV show that I'm about to recap this uh, next week, South Central, we'll talk more about Fox on that. That was on Fox. Um, of course, we had the Thursday night lineup uh, with Martin and uh, Living Single. And, um, you know, it Fox was it, it really was the shit back in the 90s. And, you know, after they went mainstream and got sports and the Super Bowl, they kind of forgot. And then even Dick Wolf, I mean, Dick Wolf did go on to have major success with Law and Order. And, you know, speaking of Ice T being a big bad villain, look at, you know, he's on Law and Order. And, um, Law and Order went into success, but they, they, they dropped the ball too soon. And after season three, it was never the same. They didn't even premiere the season finale of season four. But I just thought that was a really good um, unsung. And by we have been talking about the show, I wanted to play those clips. I hope you guys did, don't mind. I hope that didn't take up too much time. But I thought it was all very, very interesting. But now we'll go ahead and we'll uh, recap these um, this storyline and just talk about it. Um, we're going to start off with uh, the, the show Cat. That was um, so. If you guys are watching them, um, go to season one, and we're going to talk about episode 19, Cat, first. So the description reads Hold on. Let me put it back up. Working undercover, Eddie uses his chemistry knowledge in an attempt to bust the drug lord's operation of manufacturing a dangerous new drug. So the new drug was called CAT, and that's when we were introduced to Danny. Uh, Ice-T portrayed him, and he was like this mysterious guy. It took a while before we even, it took like half of the episode before we was even introduced to Ice-T. Remember, this is the early 90s. This is Ice-T. This is gangster. You know what I'm saying? This is gangster rapper uh, Ice-T. Ice-T is definitely, um, you know, we always give credit and praises to NWA, of course, but Ice-T is the godfather of gangster rap. So to have him portraying his role, and also he's coming off of his high of New Jack City as well, it was really good to see him in here. He was kind of like over the top, you know, like that crazy type of villain. Uh, kind of reminded me of um, the original. I cannot think of his name right now, but he is an amazing actor. Um, the one who played the original Joker. Like he was kind of like uh, charismatic, but the psycho at the same time. So um, just to see him, and he was. He, he had this mysterious drug, the drug caught cat. It was taken over. It was like what people who had been hooked on the crack in the eighties, they were moving. They took one hit of cat and they were hooked on that, but it was also killing a lot of students and how it came on when, uh, when, uh, they were looking for him, he really had a, a organization, but was ruthless. I mean, he had his organization running like a manufacturer shop, like, for JC to go undercover, he had to go in as like a chem student and pass all these tests as far as like um, being able to mix the, mix the stuff up to get the codes, to get the pager, to get there. When they went and met him on the elevator, he had two girls get him off the elevator and 
rigged the elevator and you know he was locked up for three days and you go in there you gonna cook it up for three days and it's twenty five thousand. i mean hey that's a good little lick though right <laughs> but i mean just like it was brains behind the operation and we seen how ruthless he was when we seen the little kid because the brother he was more like the father figure for the little brother and decided to bring him to the very high maintenance drug lab <laughs> and you know he's just sitting there he's bored he's watching all these people go around and do all this stuff and he's seeing all them and he just wants to be a man so he take a test up and this is a little kid and we had college kids or a lot of people on the street dying from this drug and uh eddie is in there undercover and he's watching it all but he has to play along and we got jc on the streets with the corner crews and he's getting all the intel and uh danny had his he had his shit so on point when one of his workers got busted, the lawyer came to get him out. And when he found out that they might have some, he didn't give a damn about the worker. He ended up paging uh, Danny and telling him, hey, it's gone. And that's when they shot, shot, uh, shut the operation down. And the little boy, he was dying. And that's when Eddie broke cover to the brother. And um, we, we, we got it going. You know, that's when they got the bus and, that's when we uh he got locked up so we thought that would have been an end that was a, that was a really good episode by the way a really good episode um but that's when we thought okay we seen the uh you know the portrayal of ice tea he was on one episode it was good but then when you go to the season finale oh no that wasn't the end when he gets out of prison and then we have that grand opening in uh the season finale and this season finale was so epic it was a banger that was called the cat man comes back I'm just going to play the beginning because it was just so um, out there. Hopefully, don't know ad pop up. Yep. All right, here we go. I'm going to play the opening. That's that James Brown. That James Brown, that's my shit, by the way. the cat man and they got the james brown playing and they show him in the pen he locked up all he thinking about his revenge he's seeing jc he's seeing um uh eddie run through his mind living his head rent free and all he could think about is payback because they came and destroyed his whole operation and he almost got away he almost got away but he just wanted his get back. They locked up his peoples. They got him down. And when he got out, he was about to, he could have been on top of the world. And, you know, it was just, he did want to get back. But JC became his main target when he decided to put his little smart, educated brother out on the street who wasn't built for the streets. And he shot at the cop first. So what was JC supposed to do? Shoot him back. And when he killed his brother, that became his 
spray. He was going on a hunt and he wanted JC at all costs. He didn't just want to kill him. He wanted to take him down. And we seen he got JC back in the worst way. In the worst way in this season finale. And the thing is, JC felt terrible for killing little brother. He like, he was just a kid. You got Sandy sitting there trying to console him. You know, they were just, um when the episode came on, they were on cloud nine because he proposed and they were getting married. So JC was having the time of his life. He was rolling high and, you know, he didn't want to kill that kid. He was heartbroken. But when Danny found out, I'm just going to play the clip. Sound a little crazy now, though. But you, so when you go back and watch it, you see Ice T getting mad. Um, wasn't the best acting, but definitely entertaining, you know. And it was in the '90s, so we gotta realize how long it's been. Where have you been? I've been paging you all night. More important than that, where's my little brother? Sorry. started and you know it was eddie who went in there and wrote down his operation in the uh, episode cat he was the one that went undercover inside the lab and brought that down but after uh jc killed his little brother black that became like i said his prey he, he listened danny was on a hunt and he wanted him at all cost so of course this is when you know him and sandy was back together they were happy they were getting married and uh cat got him back in the um cat man got him back in the, in the right way danny got him back in the, in the right way he knew just where to get him and this was very heartbreaking to watch uh sandy was opening the door and she's like yeah i'm his fiance and you know he shows up as the delivery man for flowers and at the time JC is laying on the bed getting a call from Eddie that Danny is probably coming for payback. And he's like, Sandy. And then all you hear is, that's even better. Boom. And we lose Sandy. That was a hell of a season finale. That was a hell of a season finale. And I just like the way on how they came back and brought reoccurring characters to continue the storyline. But that's not where it ended at uh danny's character was so egotistical and just had no type of remorse because in his mind you killed his brother it's an eye for an eye but he wants to make sure you know he takes both of your eyes out and he came to the damn precinct with the boss might i say 
trying to get uh, JC in trouble still for killing his brother. And it went on and on and on. And they end up uh, meeting on the street. And JC still was in a little trouble because he wasn't supposed to go looking for him. He went looking for him. He ended up injured. Um, Danny ended up back in jail and it ended with like a, you know, the cliffhanger where we see a, a morning JC. And when it picks up in season two, we see JC is just not himself. He's recovering. He's being very hostile. And that's when we get introduced to Nina's character, the female detective they brought on there. And she was a good add on for the show. Um, and he was just very, very hostile because Danny still had money. He was still the brains. He was still very ruthless and he had no remorse. He still wanted to take JC down. So they brought this storyline all the way into season two and implemented it in each episode, talking about his character, talking about how he was out on bail, talking about how his trial was coming up. And we still Danny, we still see Danny is planning get back. We see JC is still mourning. He is not himself. He's not even spending time with Lil G. And he ends up meeting someone very beautiful. Another cameo we get by uh, Miss Naomi Campbell. And you know, Naomi Campbell was that girl in the 90s, okay? She was the model. She was everything. Um, we even, in this show, I mean, we had some cameos from everybody. But uh, she played Simone and she played for um, a few episodes. And she came and she worked him like Baby, she put something on him, worked him. And he wasn't thinking straight because he was still mourning from Sandy. He wasn't himself. He definitely wasn't over her. And um, they just showed that mourning. And, you know, we seen how much she loved her and we felt that. And we seen, you know, and even just on how he was distant from his son. And that was something in season one we wouldn't have seen. But we seen that uh, uh, Miss Simone, she was there. And she was a plant <laughs> because Danny's, uh, he was still irate from his brother's murder and he wanted to bring JC down. Not only did he want it to kill JC, but he wanted to hurt him in the in best way. He wanted to have him come between his relationship with Torres. And that's when he had Simone go over there uh, kind of picking at Torres because at that time he had picked up a pill habit and she lied talking about he put his hands on her. So he wanted to come between their friendship. He wanted to make him lose his job. And we had internal affairs looking at JC. Um, then we had, you know, he planted in a girlfriend for him and she was watching his son and kidnapped his son. He wanted to kill his son in front of him. So he wanted to bring him down in every which way. He was set on revenge and getting his get back at all by means necessary. And he did that. <laughs> he did that. He ended up uh, kidnapping. Uh, he ended up setting JC up to where he was in damn near about to lose his badge he was on suspension and he still kidnapped g and chantel in the long run they had the big gun battle fight and jc ended up off of him he ended up cancer he ended up cutting off his water but that it even prolonged it to where internal affairs was still looking at him uh saying that the homicide was not justifiable because danny didn't have a gun on him but and it kind of left the door open 
at the end. It never really came out if he had a gun at that time. But I think it just was left up to the audience to where, you know, he just had to kill him because, like he said, he was going to hunt him until the day he died. He was going to come back at the little G. He was going to come back at the Chantel, come back at the ooh, whoever woman he was doing at the time. He was going to come back for more and more and more. And JC had to do what he had to do. But that was one of the best storylines of this show. And I just loved on how they prolonged it out. And uh, they, they didn't just have it as a one episode. You've never heard anything else from this drastic change. They actually played it out to where it went into internal affairs to where JC almost lost his job. It showed the distraught and destruction it had from killing his fiance and his unborn child. It showed the effect he had on his job and his kids. And then it just showed, you know, what Danny had been up to because before we had the powers, the snowfalls, the wires, we had this. And this was a show where you actually rooted for the police. You know, you watch the snowfalls and you like, damn, no, Franklin got to do this. Franklin got to do this. You know, even when Franklin was beefing with Andre in Snowfall, we didn't root for Andre, even though we should have um, in Powers. You know, we always wanted the cops to get dead and ghosts to get away. But this was the blueprint for urban shows. And this the show made the cops realistic and made us root for them. And we really weren't rooting for the bad guys. But you can say the um, portrayal of Danny Court, that was the first bad guy that we kind of was like, you know what? We like JC and all, but this Danny Court guy, he kind of cool. <laughs> but I have been binge watching all of New York Undercover, and I'm just enjoying uh, talking about it. So uh, to get back to the segment of the show, has it aged well? I would have to say with these three episodes, the storyline, I think it aged very well. You can go back and you can watch it and you can still uh, be wanting to cry when Sandy dies be wanting to, you know, shed some tears and cry when you see how brutal Danny's character was with hitting the little boy when he was on drugs and he was just looking up to them and not knowing what he was getting himself into, feeling um, very sorry and empathetic for JC as he was mourning and, um, you know, him might losing his job and his badge. And in, in, the, in the back of your mind, kind of still rooting for Danny to win a little bit because he was just so charismatic and crazy, you know. So I would say the storyline aged well and the fashion in New York, 90s, 80s, I don't care. Um, if you, if it was, I don't know, it was something about New York fashion. It never ages. You know, they showed the leather coats, the, the bubble, uh, coats, the Tim's, you know, I would say the fashion age. Well, um, especially in the culture, you know, um, the storyline did as well. So this, I would have to say, yes, this whole storyline, it aged well and New York Undercover was just a goat. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you guys are going back watching them as well if you're trying to binge watch something. Um, most of our shows have been on hiatus for the summer break. They're returning now, but I've been binge watching older shows, so that's what made me come up with this new segment. So I hope you guys are too, and once again, you can catch them on uh amazon and peacock as well and they're talking about doing a reboot but the only thing with reboots that scare me uh bel-air has done a really fine job but so much of our shows in the 90s we love but i don't want to see them come back because a lot of times that just ruins it the 90s was just a time and a time and it can't be redone and the culture is too 
sensitive right now to talk about a lot of topics that people have in the barbershops or have at home without somebody saying, oh, they offended me, they canceled me. So I just think some stuff should just be left alone because you try to please everybody and implement everything and it just doesn't come off realistic or authentic and that waters down the show. And in the 90s, yeah, things were a little out there. Um, Things might have been a little offensive when they said things, but it was everyday life and it was realistic and that's what made it authentic. So if they do it right, yeah, they can. But I say sometimes you just gotta leave it alone. If you're gonna bring it, bring if you're gonna bring it back, bring the culture back with it. Don't be scared of what you think might get canceled or what you think might offend. If you wanna make something realistic and authentic, you have to be true to it and you have to be true to the culture as well. So I do have a sleeper for you guys. And um, I got a good one. We um gonna keep it in the 90s. We're gonna keep it hip hop. And I think this is the best sleeper I can play for the type of show we talked about today. Here it is. It's just motherfucker Jake. No, man, I can't fuck with you. Man, I've been dealing with you for three motherfucking months. You ain't hit the pipe in front of me yet. So what you saying? Thank you, 5-0. 5-0. Man, I ain't no motherfucking cop. Well, hit this motherfucker then. Scoop me up and put me on the king chill with me. 
and make my pockets big. They wanna meet with me tonight at seven o'clock. What's up, nigga? What you wanna do? What you wanna do? I got the cage, Uzi, and my motherfucking twenty two. If you wanna blast, nigga, we can fuck 'em. If we stick 'em, then we stuck 'em. So fuck. to the movies to the music oh my god um that was deep cover dr dre and snoop dogg um so i'll be back on this weekend we are the return of our power universe so, you know we support everything 50 cent over here so we're gonna see how that power book four force is looking for season two um i love you guys please be safe please protect your energy and stay the hell away from anybody who is an enemy to your energy we don't have any time for that life is too short the sky is the limit you can do all that you put your mind to you just got to believe it and you can do it and you just stay prayed up and you just protect your energy i'm not playing when i say stay away from anybody who is an enemy to your energy stay away you have people who just are triggers to your energy they attack your energy they're just no good for you and you have to protect yourself you have to stay um put yourself first and not in a selfish way you just have to is life is just too short you know depression is real so you just have to just stay focused and know that you can do all you can do yes you will have bad days i have bad days i have plenty of them sometimes but the the key is just to try to be thankful for what you do have and just keep hoping and keep the hope alive and you don't lose your hope don't lose your dream you know it's going to be days where you want to give up the the key is not to give up the key is to keep pushing don't let the bad days become where they just stay everybody have some that's normal and sometimes depression you know is a luxury in a way because it brings out the best in you it it it, it keeps that that push that fight going in you so bad days are normal just don't get too um you know safe with them because sometimes we can get safe in our depression and safe in sadness so you know the key is to just say okay i have a dream i have a focus and stay focused and go for it and if you have somebody telling you what you can't do you might need to get away from them because you don't need that type of negativity around you and i believe in you guys i hope you guys believe in me because we have to motivate each other and you know stick it out so i hope you guys have a beautiful week i hope you guys um stay safe and i'm sending high vibrations your way i love you guys i'll be on this weekend and if you need to hit me up you know you can always do that it's your girl shanice and i'm out hope you enjoyed the show with your girl shanice